Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the so goddamn adorable edition. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Uh, there's no diseases today. Amazing. <laughs> no one dying after taking a shit or falling out, out of an airplane. <laughs> so what? I know. Am I on Well That's Interesting right now? Am I on the right podcast? No parasites in faces today. No Face parasites? No face parasites today. Can you believe that shit? No. <laughs> I know. What, are we, what the hell are we going to talk about? I found a couple of things. Okay. I found a couple of things. Okay. Today, episode 035, burrowing bunnies dig up trove of prehistoric artifacts. Oh my God. <laughs> this is just, I, it's going to be too cute. You're going to hate me. Is, this is This is like... Uh, uh, not to brag, but when I click search on Instagram, it is just tiny animals. It is oh, videos yeah. upon videos of tiny animals. This is like the perfect blend of tiny animal video and fucking knowledge. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Learning something with bunnies. With, yeah. It's going to be fucking adorable. Uh, there'll be some history and some shit and whatnot, and there'll be numbers, but don't worry, mostly cute. I love it. So please, <laughs> stick around. <laughs> and before we get into the bunnies, uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and over there is Marissa Riley. Thank you. <laughs> I am Marissa Riley, not as cute as a burrowing bunny. I know. I know. But close. It's so cute. Just everybody keep that in your head, and I'm sorry. If this is the first time you're listening to us, this is not that kind of a like show. No, <laughs> no. We're the opposite of bunnies. So. We're the, once we did a whole episode about a guy who agreed to be eaten by another guy. Yeah, and, and it started it, with his dick. Yeah, and it was very <laughs> sad, question mark. It, I still think about that one on long walks yeah. when I'm having a good day. I'll think about that episode and... And uh, the good day will change to something else. Yeah. So, but we're starting with bunnies. But we're starting with bunnies. <laughs> ah! Oh, actually, actually, I lied a little bit because we're actually going to start off with some giraffes. Oh my god! So, yes. Now, back in January, we recorded in between zero twenty, and one of the like the stories in that episode was about a giraffe rescue. Yes. Do you remember that? I've. Fucking remember it. It was fucking amazing. Okay. Put it. Okay. Yeah. Just. Okay. Okay. So it was another adorable story. And if you haven't heard it, please scroll down and have a listen. In the meantime, quick reminder of what happened. Basically, the rising waters of Kenya's Lake Barongo left nine giraffes marooned on a piece of land that had transformed into an, like an island, essentially. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. And <laughs> using a custom built barge, or a giraffe, if you will. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so God. sorry I had to write it. Moment of silence uh, for giraffe. 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 Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, before we even recorded this, when we were like sitting down to record, um, I just pointed to the part of Jill's uh, notes that on, said on giraffe on yeah. the screen in all capital letters. And I was like, dude, we have to really... <laughs> spend some time with that word giraffe it was a giraffe it was a custom-built giraffe and one giraffe was to be rescued at a time 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and we told the story of the first giraffe rescued. Her name was、uh, Asiwa, and she was floated off the island back in December 2020.、Yeah. Now, Marissa, here's a photo, and I'm sure it'll bring back happy memories, but can you just describe the raft for folks who haven't yet, but will listen to In Betweeny 020 right after this episode?、Um, so just describe what it looks like and why they had a Can only take one at a time. Yes,、uh, nothing would make me happier than to talk about this. So <laughs> basically, it's a normal、uh, small motorboat, and then attached to it is a raft, and it, it, it is what you think. It is a piece of land. It's like a、uh, it's some wood, you know, on some pallets, and then、um, there is kind of like a confined box.、Mm-hmm. Um, Four walls, one might say, of wood. And,、um, and inside of these four walls is a giraffe. You can see its little head poking out the top.、Yeah. But my favorite thing about the raft is the fact that they put this big, it looks like some sort of a piece of burlap or a canvas, kind of like a, a, almost like a flag in front of the. Um, giraffe, <laughs> so it can't see what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Just, yeah. And when you listen to the episode, we go into more depth about, because this was a while ago. This was a few months ago. I know. We were podcast babies. We were podcast babies. It, we go into the detail. It took 15 months to design this raft、yeah. and how it would make the giraffe feel comfortable going off land onto a river, which is not their native habitat. Yeah.、Uh, and how. Big, these are Rothschild's giraffes. These are, these are the largest species of giraffe. So these are 15 foot tall, massive, beautiful creatures. And that's why they can only rescue one at a time. And we go into it, it's fantastic.、Yeah. And update great fucking news. The mission has been a complete success, and the final rescue has just occurred. Fuck. I know. Yes! I know. Great news. I love a solid follow up. I know. It involved a mom giraffe called Nagari Kony and her daughter, Noelle. Oh my God. I know. And she was born in December 2020, right when this whole mission thing was happening. Yeah. So conservationists waited until Noelle was strong enough to make the ride.、Oh. And guess what? <laughs> she totally persisted. And she, mom, and the other giraffes are now enjoying whatever the hell giraffes love to do during their day in a new swanky. 4,400 acre sanctuary. Fuck yes. Located within the Ruko Conservancy in Kenya. So good fuck fucking them. Yes. I hope they are living their best giraffe lives, eating from the tops of trees.、Um, I don't know what else they're doing. I don't know <laughs> what else giraffes do. Um, uh, uh, widening their legs so they can drink from rivers. A lot of yoga. Yoga. There's got to be a mud room. Who knows? Probably. Yeah. They seem, you know. But they're just all nine are doing fucking well, which、uh, is incredible. And please listen to In Between E020 because we get into how actually endangered giraffes are, unfortunately.、Yeah. So it's terrible. And it's, it, that's like how important they are. It is worth it to have this were small number of a them. Big, yeah, they were a big deal.、Yeah. So today, Today's story also involves an island, but we're not sailing away from it. Okay. We're heading towards it because it's a fucking special place.
place. I'm pumped. I know. I'm pumped. And all the events just happened last month, and we actually don't have to go very far either. Let's take a trip to the UK, specifically to the country of Wales. I love it. Yes. Take me to Wales. (laughs) I will. Now, for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, don't worry, I had to look this up too. Where is Wales? I'd like you to picture oh, thank England. Thank you for saying this so <laughs> yes. I didn't have to ask. I'm... Where is Wales? Okay, think England. All right, put it okay. in your mind. All right. Fantastic. Now stick your finger in the center of it. Okay. And move it west until you hit the coast. Okay. Now we're in Wales. Amazing. There you go. How easy was that? Welsh. Okay, amazing. So now we're going to zoom in even more, though. Now, the very, very southwest of Wales, um, in this section, it's, it's kind of jutting out and it nearly touches Ireland. And here at the very southwest is 186 miles of coastline that's called the Pembrokeshire Coast National Park. And it's fucking gorgeous. There's Ooh. dramatic cliffs, scenic beaches, ridiculously old castles. It's so fucking charming. You'll barf. Please Google it. It's just gorgeous. I love it when something's so beautiful I have to throw off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's this Incredible. place. Not even being sarcastic. I am pumped to Google the okay. fuck out of this. So we're on this coastline, and now from here, we're going to hop on a boat. Uh, the SS, name it, give it. Uh, uh, the, the Welsh, that's interesting. <laughs> the Welsh, that's interesting. Sure. You're welcome. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> So we're on the, the Welsh, that's interesting, for a very short trip, only two miles. And in two miles, we're going to reach our destination, the Skullcombe Island. Okay. Which, from the mainland, looks really unassuming. Uh-huh. It's only a mile long and half a mile wide. It's a wee thing, and it doesn't even have trees. What? Yeah. Now, would you like to see an aerial view of Skullcombe taken from like a bit of a distance and just please tell us what you see what it looks like what your impression is and of course every photo we talk about today is going to be on our instagram well that's interesting pod but dr marissa please tell us what you think of this island oh man (laughs) you're just rolling up to it it's not much um (laughs) it's i you know it's just uh it's it's a piece of land in the water yeah and uh i don't even is that grass there's just not much to tell it's uh maybe meters long (laughs) it's flat it's flat um it's got some uh, fucking awesome cliffs the cliffs are incredible the cliffs are are pretty fucking awesome and um it's about (laughs) it's the shape of a uh yeah, uh, apostrophe. Yeah, that's true. It looks or like a comma. comma. Yeah, a comma. <laughs> um, and uh, it's kind of bumpy. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling we, should we, should we to on? come up. Yes, let's move on. <laughs> okay, so from a distance, like wah, wah, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's just keep that in mind for a second. Now, let's get into a brief history, because it's kind of important. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, the Vikings came ashore way, way fucking back, sometime between the year 900 and 1,000. So, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Just try to imagine that. So, that existed. 
Um, and they were the ones to give it its name, Skullcombe, which translate, translates to Wooded Island. Okay. And this may be, and I'm speculating here, because from a distance, it kind of looks like a plank of wood at sea. I see that. I was going to say, um, maybe back then it had trees, but... No, I never um, had trees. Yeah, no. there's yeah, there's just <laughs> so. not much to... Yes, it looks like a piece of wood. So... Anyway, not much happened on our unassuming island for a while until the 1300s to the early 1500s when it was farmed. And it wasn't farmed in the way you think. And I'm not going to get into it just yet because that'll give away part of our story. Okay. Okay. But just know that not much changed on the island. Nothing drastic happens. Humans didn't physically alter the island that much just know that it was farmed at that time okay just all right put a pin in it putting a pin in it there you go okay so now during that time it's kind of surprising it didn't change very much because it was really exchanged between a lot of owners you know yeah air quotes owners long story short the son of henry the eighth son john perot ended up with it somehow in the 1500s and when he died in 1592 Skullcombe was bought for a mere 300 pounds by a lawyer and Welsh politician shortly after in 1646. I mean, that seems cheap to me now, but probably back then it was like $3 billion. Maybe. I didn't look it up. So let's just say that. Let's just say it's $3 billion. (laughs) This owner, William Phillips, and subsequent owners, uh, well, subsequent generations, I I should say, uh, they were the longest owners. And want to guess how long this white dude, air quotes, owned this island? Um, if it's his family? Yeah. Do they still own it? Okay, so they owned it in 1646. Right. Just, just oh, give me a yeah, number. They're, you... they're going to for sure be super dead. Um, did they own it for 100 years? A little more. 150 years? Is that your final answer? Yes. It is? Okay, so... This island was in his family for 360 years. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. And for perspective, the United States as a country is only 244 years old. Jeez. So <laughs> wow. Wow. I know. Just let that wealth sit with you for a minute. Okay, sure. so in 2005, his descendant, Mrs. Osra Lloyd Phillips passed, and his trustees of the estate were like, did you know we had an island? Maybe we should sell it. Oh my god, I love it when that happens. (laughs) So, in 2005, word got out that this island, a mere two miles from Pembrokeshire Coast National Park, I'm probably (laughs) saying that wrong, probably. Anyway, it was available. Conservationists, naturalists, biologists, you name it, they were like, we need to expand the park and add this island under because which under ownership of the Phillips family thankfully barely changed at all it was pristine pretty much frozen in time and these lovely nature nerdy types knew something that land developers probably wouldn't give a shit about oh my god now would you please do the honor of reading just who migrates here and the list is so long I think it takes two people to read it so if you would do the honors of reading half of the list. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm so pumped. I'm, I'm, I'm so fucking curious. All right. 
Here we go. Quote, Skokholm is uh, home to the third largest Manx shearwater colony, 15% of the world's population, and 20% of Europe's population of storm petrels, both medium-sided seabirds. Oh, sized. Sorry, that was my typo. (laughs) Medium-sized seabirds. I was going to run with it. All right. Uh, There are also... Large colonies of puffins, guillemots, yep. razorbills, lesser black-backed gulls, great black-backed gulls, and herring gulls. End quote. Yeah, great job. Thank that was, you. That was a hell of a tongue twister. Where is my trophy? Uh, <laughs> that, was, that, that was really hard. That was a challenge. Long story short, it sounds like a lot of birds. Yeah, and... There's even more. Uh, and they have even more fantastic names like the Chiff Chaff oh. and Willow Warblers. Oh. Uh, others sound like a military uh, like oper- operation. There's the White Throat, the Red Start, the Skylark, and the Flycatcher. Oh, my. There's a shit ton more. I didn't get into it. But in sum, this little island, only a mile long, is a really big deal to thousands, and I mean thousands of lives. And as such... The Wildlife Trust of South and West Wales essentially went on a fucking blitz to secure the island. Of course. Now, Dr. Madeline Havard, or Havard, Chief Executive, cheekily told the BBC back in 2006, quote, Surprisingly enough, we didn't have buying an island in our budget, so we, (laughs) we really did have to find hundreds of thousands of pounds very quickly. We launched a public appeal, and in six months, that money's all been raised. Wow! Yeah. We had an absolutely fantastic response from our members, from people who know the island, and from people who just wanted to know this important site was safe in the hands of the Wildlife Trust for the future. End quote. I I love that. People coming together to save a rock full of birds. (laughs) That's right. Now, Dr. Riley... Would you please tell us the grand total as reported by the BBC? Absolutely. All right. Quote, donations from wildlife lovers across the world, along with grants from the Countryside Council of Wales, the National Heritage Memorial Foundation, and the Tubney Charitable Trust uh, helped raise a total of, wait for it, 650000 pounds y'all end quote there you go in six months damn to get that island and just to you know preserve it it's so great i love that now after the break we're finally gonna set foot on this island and it turns out it has a so much more to reveal oh my god it's not just a plank of wood out there everybody please stay tuned please do step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. 
I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. But nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back, and we're surrounded by wildflowers. I fucking love it. <laughs> That's right, goddammit. Turns out, Skullcomb in springtime is covered in wild pansies, which... <sighs> It's so Dude. I know, wild pansies, come on. They grow to a wee six inches in height, oh. just so tiny. There's also sea storkbills, which are even tinier, and they resemble moss. But if you get in there and look, there's intricate and distinct leaves. They're gorgeous. Give that a Google. In the meantime, Dr. Marissa, I'd love to show you a few pictures for scale. And if you would, please describe the colors and whatever the fuck else. Give it. I, I, Here is a, here's one photo. I love what I'm looking at. Yeah. It's people walking through, you guessed it, a field full of blue wildflowers. <laughs> it goes up to their calves. It's fucking awesome. There's some sort of rock formation. They've all got <laughs> backpacks because they were prepped for this day and yeah. they got really excited about it. it just reminds me of being a wee little one in texas oh. um when you your your mom specifically would make <laughs> you get in the car at yep. a time when you really didn't want to okay and then she would drive you down the highway and the yeah. whole time you'd be like i don't feel like doing this i don't want to do this yeah i want to watch spongebob and this was before iPads. So tell yes. me if you're getting tired of this story. I'm listening. She would drive she would drive you down the highway until she found and it was always on the highway. There would be some sort of shoulder or an island in the highway yeah. that had a small patch of grass that for one week every year sprouted up a gazillion uh um 
Oh my God, why is the name? Uh, the Blue Flowers in Texas. Uh, Morning Glories? No. Uh, anyways, they're Blue Flowers. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting them. Aw, he'll so, come But they come out for once, and then she would take you down the highway. She'd pull off to the side of the highway, um, and then she would make you take 8,000 pictures. <laughs> Maybe they were pansies. No, no, they were blue bonnets. Blue bonnets! Yay! Blue bonnets! Oh! Oh my god, I could I could hear I could hear my mom turning in her grave being like, There are blue bonnets! And you look beautiful in them. And uh yeah, then we would take five thousand pictures. Yeah. And of her being like, the smile, and you're like, I don't want to smile, mom. So yeah. Aww. That was a long story. That was adorable. And it was really How cute. How old were you? It, I think they started taking these pictures uh, as soon as I could sit up. <laughs> and she kept taking these pictures until I moved away. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Parents in Texas, when it comes to fucking blue bonnets, they want to take as many freaking pictures of you with them yeah. for as long as they can. That's intense. My mom would hijack me. She'd be like, let me take you to lunch. And I'd be like, okay. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, mom. And then next thing you know, I'd be like, wait. This is a blue bonnet situation. We're on I-35. Yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Along the highway. That's so American. Yeah. Dear God. Yeah. (laughs) That's just... Oh. Anyways, point being, it's giving me some so serious the nostalgia. So the people in this photo are basically doing what you did, but in Wales. Yeah. This gotcha. is the Welsh. This is the Welsh version of Version. That. I feel so sorry for the smallest child in this photo. You know, it, it, it will, it never pays off. It's only for the parents. <laughs> it really makes them happy. So. All right. Well, so. This is- <laughs> How do we move on? I don't know. <laughs> What we're going to do is, so we see like a midfield view. Like you said, they come up to like mid, mid-calf, ankle. Yeah. These yeah. flowers. Okay. Now, you can imagine if you're at sea or like two miles away, you probably wouldn't even see these little flowers. Yeah. Probably. So we're going to zoom in a little closer. Oh, and God. just tell me, like you said, they were blue. Other shades, what do you see? White. Ugh. I'm seeing some white. I'm seeing some pink hues. I'm seeing some bright greens. Yeah. I'm seeing, I think this is the moss you're talking about. Yep. Many shades of moss green. I, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Very mossy green, light mossy green, dark mossy green. It's just a feast yeah. um, for the eyes. Yeah, it's really a feast gorgeous. for the eyes. And uh, this is a very special island. So now only... <laughs> Now, only 26 people are allowed on the island at a time. Oh, that's so special. I really I like that. <laughs> so, but there are two people who live here full-time, year-round. Oh. Richard Brown and Giselle Eagle. Um, now, Giselle Eagle, what a name. I know. <laughs> We're going to move on. Um, <laughs> they're a couple. They're seabird experts. And they're warden. They're warden. I'm going to say that again. Wardens. Wardens. Caretakers of the island. That's ba- they're, and they have, it's a huge task. And part of their role is to document the wildlife, migrations, births, deaths, weather, basically everything that takes place. Amazing. Yeah. 
And luckily for us, there's a real-time blog online that includes daily entries that read like a mini Jane Austen novel. Oh my it's god. It's fucking incredible. Oh my god. Each entry is just a paragraph, okay? And it's accompanied by photos. And I highly, highly fucking suggest you make skullcomb.blogspot.com, S-K-O-K-H-O-L-M.blogspot.com, a part of your life, because reading each entry to yourself in your best Jane Austen voice will bring you nothing but fucking joy. I swear to God. Jill, I think we have to do it. We're going to do it. Okay, ready? (laughs) Yes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to embarrass myself. But <clears throat> for example, just this past April 11th. Okay? Oh, my God. Okay. 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 <clears throat> it was a cold day, but the snow which hit the mainland didn't cross the sea. Indeed, it was, in most part, beautifully sunny. <gasps> Although a brief hail shower hit just before the morning boat. We said goodbye to Nick and Helen, who have done a fantastic job setting up the monitoring equipment at the petrol station and the Manx Shearwater Study Burrows. A massive thank you to them both. End quote. There you go. Oh my god. Yeah. I I was like, oh my god, is that <laughs> Jane Austen sitting next? What happened to Jill? <laughs> I I know we were uh, before a, a, a little behind the scenes, a little BTS. Um, we were Jill asked me, she was like, can you do a British accent? And I said, no. Um, and she said, would you try? And I was like, of course. And, um, and she was like, I'm going to try. It's probably not going to be good. That was adorable. That was, that was great. It was lovely. Well, that's wonderful. I know it's not Welsh, but because oh. I have no fucking clue. So I insulted many, many people from different countries. But it's just, please go look at this blog. It's fantastic. And they followed up this April 11th blog post with like a log of birds they saw. Aww. And one of the photos was a uh, little ringed plover, which is a bird, which just is just as cute as the name sounds. And honestly, Mercer Riley, would you like to give it a shot? Nothing would make me happier. Okay. Also, I'm so sorry in advance to our Welsh listeners, our British listeners, all of our other listeners, <laughs> I am no actor, but I'm going to give this a shot. It's just, it just makes you happy. I know. I, I'm, I'm really excited. All right, Go let's for do it. it. April 6th. Okay. A bitter day of 30 miles per hour, plus northerlies, saw the majority of our breeding Seabirds either hunkered down or, in the most part, absent entirely. Interestingly, a very small number of puffin emerged from Crab Bay burrows this morning, suggesting that some may be committed to a very early breeding season. End quote. quote. It got a little Australian. I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> I started veering to the Aussie side and I was like, get it back on track. Um, what a beautiful entry, though. Puffin emerged Puffins. from Crab Bay. Yeah. Early breeding season. Early breeding season on April 6th. Just, you know, just a couple of days ago. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, on March 16th, March 16th, that entry was unlike 
any other. Quote, an interesting looking pebble found between the knoll and the central block was unusual enough to encourage us to send a photo to Dr. Toby Driver of the Royal Commission on the Ancient and Historical Monuments of Wales and Senior in- of Wales and Senior Investigator with the Cherish Project. He has been in touch with Andrew David, expert in such things. End quote. Now, Marissa, here's a picture of that quote unquote pebble that they found. Uh-huh. And it's really not a pebble. To me, it looks like a tool that fits in the palm of your hand. It's rectangular and it's smooth and rounded out at each end. Now, this is a photo and I'm going to put it on our Instagram as well. What do you what do you say that this looks like? And everybody who wants to be on our Instagram, y'all can decide when you look at it. But what does it look like to you? I'm just um, going to embarrass myself. Is it some sort of sex toy? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it could be really anything. <laughs> I mean, when you look at it. It's a rectangle with it's curved on each side. It yeah. could be a vibrator, an ancient vibrator. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Um, no, I'm wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't that know. That silence was me shaking my head. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I actually don't know. I'm not sure. It does look like it was meant for something and carved to be something. Yeah. Definitely okay. some sort of tool. Okay, so Andrew David, an expert in prehistoric tools, wrote back immediately because, to his delight, quote, the photos are clearly of a late Mesolith, Mesolith, Mesolithic, (laughs) Mesolithic, Mesolithic. Thank you you for reading. Oh, I can't believe I got that right. Oh my god, the photos were are clearly of a late Mesolithic beveled pebble. Oh. These are common and distinctive these are common and distinctive finds amongst flint scatterings of this age found on coastal sites all the way from northern France up to western Scotland and also on some northern English coasts. End quote. So anyway, in translation, this tool is somewhere between six thousand and nine thousand years old. Wow. Indicating humans have made their way here and were working on this island way before the Vikings. Holy shit. And the Vikings, y'all, that was a really long time ago. That was 900, year 900? Old. What the fuck? No. Old, long time ago. Yeah. Now, Marissa, would you do the honor of reading of what these ancient folks were probably, possibly making with this thing? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, quoting Andrew David, despite being so familiar, their function remains tantalizingly mysterious. Most people favor their use in skin or hide preparation. An association with shellfish gathering and or processing has also been favored, but the rarity of shells is problematic, as well as the fact that these pebbles are occasionally found inland. End Hmm. quote. What the fuck? Yeah, so they could be could be a lot of things. Could be for hide, could be for making shellfish meals, whatever. But anyway, could be an all-purpose tool. Why not? But in any case, this discovery is extremely exciting. But it's also adorable because our archaeologists weren't Richard or Giselle, but rabbits. Oh, man. (laughs) That's right. I have been waiting this whole podcast (laughs) for the bunny part. It's worth it. Now, in springtime, they've been digging out new burrows for their litters. (gasps) 
And lo and behold, they kicked up some old-timey shit, and the caretakers found the tool by, like, one of the holes that they made in the ground. Oh. (laughs) I know. And this didn't happen once, but twice. So let's head back to that diary. March 19th. Should I do it in the accent, or should I just read it? Follow your heart. (laughs) Okay. March 19th. For a second day in four, the highlight of the day was non-avian. The news broke that four days ago, that an interesting stone was in fact a beveled pebble, a tool used some six to nine thousand years ago, encouraged us to keep a keen eye out for any more artifacts. We had our eye in, and it wasn't long before we found another, very likely candidate, for a beveled pebble along Little Bay Wall, again exposed by the digging of rabbits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I... I can't, I love this, but the digging of, I just, I, I can't wait to read this blog and I will mostly because I want to look for, um, any sort of like relationship chaos between Giselle and Richard. Something has to come up. You know, they seem pretty solid. (laughs) Are you, you, have you read all the entries yet? (laughs) I I'm waiting for, for, uh, uh. Uh, Something day, passive aggressive. <laughs> and Richard uh, did that thing where he uh, f- forgets to uh, put away the dishes. That's me in the relationship. <laughs> I never put away the dishes. And so I so, I have to know. Yeah. So stay, yeah. Just, just read it for the relationship tension. Yeah. Go for it. Go or on. lack thereof. Maybe <laughs> they have figured it out. Maybe the secret to love is living on an island with birds. <laughs> Sorry. I laughed real hard at that. So. Okay. They found a thing. Let's get back to this. Sorry, March I took that way off track. March 19th, they found a thing. Okay. And this okay. time they sent photos of the find to Jody Deacon, curator of the prehistoric archaeology at the National Museum of Wales, and she suggests that the chunk that they found isn't a tool at all, but it came from a decorated piece of art that also functioned as a burial urn around 4,000 years ago. Oh my god. Yeah, so it turns out prehistoric humans have been not only possibly making seal hides or preparing shellfish meals on this island, but also burying their dead here. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Marissa, would you be so kind to tell us what Dr. Toby Driver added to the analysis? Absolutely. All right. Uh, quote, this is the first Bronze Age uh, burial urn fragment from the West uh, Pembrokeshire Islands. The prehistory of Scotcombe has changed completely in only a few days. End quote. Yeah. Oh my god! I know. So the history books have been completely rewritten and it's all thanks to rabbits. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. And I know what you're thinking. How did rabbits get on an island two miles away from shore? Now, well, remember at the top of the show, we said to like stick a pin in the fact that the island was farmed yes. back in the yes. 1300s, back up until like the 1500s. Yes. So for about 200 years, Skullcombe was a rabbit farm. I love it. 
During this medieval period, the animals were raised here for their meat and their fur, away from land predators like wolves and stuff. Oh, that is so smart. Yeah. I, I, I kind of assumed... Yeah. Uh, when you said put a pin in, I was like, this is where the bunnies come in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was like, but why the hell would they go all the way out here to farm bunnies? What's mm-hmm. the deal? And it, that makes total sense is yeah. to keep them away from wolves and probably other people too. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So when the Tudor period hit, that all came to an end and whatever bunnies remained became wild and free and the ancestors of our archaeologist bunnies. Aww. So... Thanks to our animal friends, researchers plan on performing an archaeological survey later this year when COVID restrictions are lifted. And in the meantime, keep an eye on that Skullcomb diary, and at the very least, discover your Jane Austen voice. Yeah. The end. Amazing. (laughs) That's it. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How amazing is that? Fucking bunnies, man. Bunnies. Just kicking shit up. Fucking bunnies. Fucking Giselle Eagle. What a hero. What a hero. (laughs) Just just for her name, what a hero. Feminist icon Giselle Eagle. I don't even know if she was a feminist. I just really wanted to say that combination of words. It does feel good. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who's been listening, rating, uh, telling their friends, sending in their fucking stories. Doesn't matter what it is. If you think it's interesting, we're going to think it's interesting. Oh, absolutely. Send it in. Send it in. Because we're going, we're building up episodes for uh, about readers and your stuff, and we want to read it out loud. Yeah. Anyway, please stay interesting. Please do.